Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Potterhorn Guns and Archery in Columbia, Missouri, on board with us uh, this morning. Uh, Jordan and Kelsey are with us. By the way, uh, Kelsey, last month, uh, March apparently, uh, was uh, uh, Women's uh, American, uh, was Women's History Month. Oh, and neat. so, uh, in honor of that, uh, the Daily Signal uh, has a list of some uh, some women uh, involved with firearms. And, and uh, give you an example, uh, March 4th, Longview, Texas, a woman armed with a rifle shot and wounded a man who forced his way inside her home. Uh, the woman had uh, told the man, who neighbors say had a history of criminally trespassing in area homes, to get off the porch. He refused and tried to smash through her sliding glass door, according to police who arrested the wounded man. So it is a woman with a firearm who protected herself, and in honor of women, I thought we'd highlight a few of those stories. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the great equalizer. <laughs> uh, all right, let's, uh, let's do show and tell, my favorite part of the program. Uh, we got a Stoger M3020 series uh, shotgun here. Yes. This is a turkey gun, and I'm sorry, it's a turkey gun in honor of turkey season. Um, so this, I have this gun at the store in multiple variations. So we have like all black, we've got waterfowl camo. Um, I think we have some compact, some youth-sized ones, but this is the turkey variation. So it is solid camo. It has um, rifle sights, quote-unquote. So you have a front and a rear sight, so you can actually aim, which is not normal on a shotgun. Um it does come with the turkey choke, and it's got a little bit shorter barrel than the other variations. But we still have a little over, what, two weeks and a day of turkey season. So, so this here is, you go. Yeah, This is a way to get out there and, and have a little fun. Um, I am notoriously poor with shotguns. I've uh, gone skeet shooting, and the, the only time I break them is when they land. So <laughs> It counts. That counts. It counts. Uh, oh. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to compete with you then. If you're counting. <laughs> I'm, that. I'm excellent at the ones that break on the ground. Are you? Yeah. You're, you're as good as as me. Oh yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah, we should go out together and take some lessons or something. Mm. It 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 it's always fun. I'm I'm just not good, not good at, at it. Yeah. Good know, social I, event. It's like Jordan, dove hunting. Jordan, are you good at the, with a shotgun? Uh, I'm not good with anything. <laughs> You, well, your wife told us that, but I, I wasn't <laughs> going to I line them up, you knock them down, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, no, uh, not you were better sporting, than me. not sporting type stuff. Uh, I've done a little bit of it in my life. Uh, trap shooting, I you know, love skeet. I haven't shot as much. Um, tactical shotgun stuff, that's the sexy word for it, right? Uh, your protection shotgun stuff, yeah, I've been pretty efficient at that. Uh, just shot so many darn, so many darn rounds. And the beauty of this Stoker, I have one of these for my kids. And uh -huh. the, the nice thing about this shotgun for kids is, A, it's 20 gauge, it's lightweight. It is a semi-automatic, so it has less recoil already because of the recoil or because of the bolt system in this gun. And having the, the sight she was talking about, you have a, a peep sight in the back, just like you would on uh, a lot of the old AR uh, peep sights. So you have a full circle peep sight in the back with the bead up front. And that really helps with teaching uh, kids on how to properly mount a shotgun, how to get a cheek weld on a shotgun, put it in the right part of the shoulder so that everything lines up and you can you can view correctly. And that is, it makes the shotgun just really, really great for kids and teenagers. And I, I still use a 20-gauge when I go hunt because I don't need that 12-gauge stuff. It's, it hurts. I don't want it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> So I, I still use the 20-gauge and, and absolutely love it. They're, they're, they're really cool little shotguns.
You know, a lot of people think shotgun for for home self defense, and I've heard yeah. two arguments on on uh, on the shotguns for home self defense. I, I know we're talking turkey here, but uh, some people think that the, a pump is better because if uh, if you have a problem, uh, it's just mechanically more reliable. Uh, others think the the semi automatic is better, uh, and and that uh, you know it takes less uh, you know less work to 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 uh, to shoot it. Uh, where do you come down on this? Do you think one is more effective or one more reliable than the other? Yeah. I mean, the pump is going to be more reliable. I think that's the same argument as saying the revolver is more reliable than a semi-automatic handgun. Less moving parts, yes. Uh, I think especially 30, 40, 50 years ago, the semi-automatic shotguns we had were not the greatest. And the ammo. And the ammo. And they've come a long ways on both. Yeah. But, yeah, I would think a pump is still... It's just going to be more reliable. Of course, Benelli has the M3 that is a pump and or semi-automatic shotgun at the same time. It is not easy to switch from one to the other, though. (laughs) Can confirm that. And I will say this. um, You can absolutely jam a pump shotgun. It is not as hard as people seem to think it is, especially under stress. Um, We call it short stroking. So you don't Mm -hmm. bring the slide all the way back and or all the way forward. Um, And it will absolutely jam. Hard to clear? Yes. Um, cause usually you've got your force behind it and not just the force of a bolt spring. So like on a semi-auto, when they jam, you're not putting, you know, the 40 pounds, pounds yeah, yeah. that you're pushing into it. It's just the bolt spring. So it's pretty easy to clear typically. Um, but with pump guns, I have had people bring pump guns in where they've got an empty hole shoved halfway into the chamber with a live round shoved halfway into the oh. chamber. It's excellent. It's great. It's <laughs> excellent. It's we, great. We call that a mass failure. That's, that's a try. That's a try to make it not work. But, oh, boy. Um, but, yes, pump shotguns, semiotic shotguns. Both they, good. Right. They've both come a long ways. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to show and tell. Uh, this is a Canik, uh, and it is neat. Got a rail on the bottom. It's... So, this is the newest Canik. So, um, this is the SFX Rival. I've had two of these now total one of each color option so this is for people interested the all black rival um but this gun is cut for an optic the slide is cut it cuts some weight off the front end compared to um what was the other one the mete i think it's a little bit lighter than that it does have the extended mag release it has i believe two maybe three magazines um they are 18 rounders but the trigger on this thing is phenomenal. It, it really is for a striker fire from the factory. It's a straight trigger, uh, you know, your tactical uh, scary, scary trigger. Um, it's got a, it's got a flat, straight trigger across it, and uh, it uh, it is a really nice trigger pull. I mean, it's a it is nicer than some of the ones after I switch out on my Glocks and switch out my uh, trigger bar to a nicer trigger bar. It still felt really good. I was surprised. I was really genuinely surprised. Surprised. Look at the size of that. Uh, you know, you're trying to get your finger in there between the guard and the and the trigger, and this thing looks huge. It's it's not bad. It actually f- mm, decently fits my hands. I have tiny hands. Yeah, I know we've covered this for it, before. But. <laughs> I have tiny hands. I can shoot this gun. Yeah, it is. It looks nice. The grip. Uh, I I'm I'm impressed by this. What is the price break on this? Six thirty nine. Yeah, it's Ooh, it's, it's not bad. I mean, for a target, good. so you yeah. could get into like. For the guys wanting to start shooting three gun or IDPA or anything like that, um, this is one of those guns you can get into it relatively inexpensively. It yep. will do a great job, and you're still in production class. This yep. is not. This will not bump you into open. Five inch barrel. 
four six, I think, is the actual. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a large gun. It's a large framed firearm. The grip you can still get your hand around. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you couldn't make it much bigger than Kelsey be able to get her hand around it, but uh, you still can. But it's it's a big gun. And I, I for the price, I was really surprised, man. Having shot a lot of guns and a lot of different things, I, I really liked uh, the, the way the trigger felt on this and the trigger reset felt on this. You look around, a lot of places uh, can't get it. They're out of stock, and you've got two of them? I have one right now. So I have, one. I have had a... So they do two colors, because why not? They do a gray, like a gray Cerakote, gray frame with some gold accents, and then they offer this one, which is the blackout. The first one we had was the gray... Um, with the gold accents and now we have this black one but so far that is the only two i have had and this gun has been out for a couple months i guess well all right let's uh let's move into the uh, suppressor realm 30 cal yes so this is kind of an interesting one this is a new one for us um or relatively new we've only had two of them and they left in a hurry but this is (laughs) the clark precision um what he calls the sphinx so what's different about this can versus like our Recon 7s, um, which we've had on here before, there are $700 30 cal. You can either get them direct thread or quick disconnect. This one can do both. So the baffles in this suppressor are contained, not by the back plate, but by a secondary plate. So you can actually take this back plate off and change it. So like if you have a gun, say you've got, like I do, I have a 30 cal that's threaded half by 28. I also have a 30 cal that's 5 eighths by 24. Instead of buying little adapters that are kind of ugly and chintzy looking, you know. Add about an inch to the overall length. And they're just, it's a small part um, holding a significant amount of weight and pressure. You can just buy an extra back plate and change it. Wow. Yeah. Neat. Right. And hopefully, uh, you know, with the uh, electronics uh, that they're using to uh, to process uh, these permits, uh, people will get get to those uh, suppressors by even hunting more quickly. season. <laughs> get them in their lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we've got a lot more ground to cover on Gary on Guns. We invite you to join us. Uh, also, uh, we're going to. You know what the next question is going to be, don't you? <laughs> I'll yeah. think about it. I'm just going to yeah, ignore you. Yeah. You you know what's coming up. All right. You're listening to Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. And uh, in honor of uh, Women's Month, which uh, Women's History Month, which was last month. Uh, the Daily Signal has uh, stories of uh, women using a firearm to protect themselves. Uh, and apparently uh, this uh, this list is pretty impressive. March 9th, Nashville, Tennessee, after a boyfriend physically assaulted her earlier in the day, a woman returned to their shared home to gather her belongings and retrieve her three young children. A female friend accompanied her for support. When they arrived, the boyfriend argued with the woman and then assaulted her again. And apparently he had a gun, so she drew her own gun. Uh, the kids are safe. Everybody got wounded, but the ki- except the kids. The exchange uh, with him uh, was uh, ruled self-defense, and uh, she lived to, to tell the story. Uh, just another story of a woman with a gun protecting herself, the great equalizer. In the meantime, uh, we got a couple of questions here that uh, came in from GaryNolan.com. Uh, does Powderhorn have 12-gauge birdshot is uh, one of them. Uh, Jordan? Hold, hold on. We're waiting for a microphone. Hey, yeah, there, there it go. is. There ah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we in fact do. Beautiful. Uh, the, so the next question that comes up, of course, is the availability of ammo. Everybody wants to know. Every week, I'm constantly getting <laughs> these emails. 
What's it's the availability of ammo? It's much, much better. Than 2020. Well, than three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, it's it's a slightly improved situation. Yeah. You're getting a few more choices. The ammo shelves we have now look full. It's still not the amount of choices you had three or four years ago, but it's getting a little better every week. Yeah. How are we doing for nine? Uh, oh. Nine's easy. I have 40? Oh, yeah. That handgun ammo's pretty well covered. 243? Two, oh, yeah. Yep. Any of the NATO stuff is pretty well covered. 308, 223, 9mm, all that kind of stuff. Um, what we're getting very excited about is I have 44 mag on the shelf. Yeah. I have 30 out 6 on the shelf. I have 6.5 Creedmoor on the shelf. Wow. Um, I know. <laughs> this, is, this is like, like talking Christmas about good whiskey. Early. I'm telling you. Um, now, it's not any great quantities. Keep in mind, I've got four, five, six boxes here and there of things, but I'm getting options, and I'm not only getting it direct from the manufacturer, but we're also seeing it from wholesale. So we're definitely on an uptick. Now, it's a lot, you know, projections were that we'd be, you know, like two years away from getting back up to speed uh, and that we'd be struggling to find ammo, and it's really kind of good news to know that it's it's already starting to come back um, and, and I think that's pretty comforting. It's It'll be a bit yet before we're back to what I would consider normal, being able to order, you know, to call my wholesalers and say, hey, can I get a case of this? You know, deer season's coming up. We're we're probably two years still away from that, but... From the good old days. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but we're still, starting to see... We're starting to better. see components yes. yeah. back, too. Really? Yeah. Like what? Well, powder has been excellent the last two months, three months. Um, I've had more powder in the last three months than I had in the last two years combined. Um, wow. Which is not saying much, but no, it is good. But it's, <laughs> it's the right it's, direction. And it's good powders. It's stuff that we haven't seen for a while. Um, 209 primers, we actually got those in? They're on the way. Still They've on the way. Okay. They have shipped. I have 209 primers coming. <laughs> now, those shotguns and uh, a lot of your muzzle loaders. Stuff, loaders yep. And we will be saving some back for the muzzle loader hunters because yep. we didn't have any last year. And I know a lot of people couldn't find any last year. Um, but yeah, I have 209 shot shell primers coming. All right, so it sounds like things, things, yeah. things, are, things are on the move. What we used to take for granted is, uh, you know, a little bit challenging, but certainly getting a lot better than it was. Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, so I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, there is a uh, story uh, from Gun Owners of America about uh, Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, apparently, uh, the city of Greenwich decided if you wanted a concealed carry permit, you had to come up with two letters uh, of recommendation. Applicants... Uh, who wanted a, a pistol permit, two letters of recommendation in order to apply. Uh, but the Connecticut state law doesn't allow uh, local jurisdictions to add their own ad, uh, additional requirements. So the uh, uh, Gun Owners of America went after them. And apparently they were, you know, at first uh, about halfway successful. There are two decisions, uh, one from the state court, uh, and uh, one from the uh, State Permitting Appeals Board that clearly state letters of recommendation aren't allowed. So the uh, chief of police apparently was a bit, well, stubborn, I guess. Uh, and uh, even though he was told to stop the demand letters, uh, he didn't. Uh, so they, uh, they went after him, and it, uh, apparently uh, Newsmax went after him. And uh, finally, uh, under all kinds of threats of litigation, uh, he finally relented. 
the, the letters of recommendation thing, I, when I was in New York, I was supposed to do that, too. And I never understood that. What what exactly are they looking for? I mean, you know, if if, if I got Kelsey to write me a letter of recommendation. It's a job interview. <laughs> yeah, but, but who? They're looking to slow it down. Hoops, yeah. Yeah. Add hoops. As many hoops as you can so that some people will be like, oh, I'm not doing that. And then they just don't. Uh, they don't want to go through any amount of hoops. So you add, add as many hoops as you can. They never stop. They're always looking for new ways <laughs> to make life miserable. Yes, sir. Uh, they, they just they just don't give up. Kind of, kind of a shame. Uh, boy, good news about the ammo. I'm excited about that. <laughs> Me too. Uh, yeah. Uh, and by the way, we talked about the uh, uh, the suppressor. Um, how are you doing for supplies like that? Do you have a lot of suppressors? Or are they? We just got nine yeah, more, I think, cool I think, like we... two weeks ago. So we've got some nine millimeter cans. Um, we've got several thirty cal, and I have some rimfire ones was, back in stock. And we've gotten. Do we get? We got titanium can. Yep, did that we, voodoo. Yeah, and we've got some other. Yep. Neat featured things um, that uh, that's pretty cool. Our guy that makes these for us can can really do some neat stuff and some custom stuff. Colors, serial numbers. Aside from the uh, uh, the cost of the uh, of the suppressor, um, you have the cost of the tax stamp, which is what two hundred bucks. Yes, two hundred. It, it's just so frustrating to me. Yeah, because the two hundred you have to pay up front. Um, you send your payment in with your form four, either as credit card information. Uh, personal check, cashier's check, that kind of stuff. Um, and they will take your money quickly. Within about three weeks, usually, um, your payment is processed. So, Have, have either one of you got a, a gun trust? Um, no, I have done Form 4s on a trust. So I have now done two different sets of trust paperwork. Um, the benefits that used to be associated with the trust are kind of no longer... Really? Well, some All right, of well, hang on to that thought, and we'll, we'll kick that around in a couple of minutes. Yeah. You're listening to Gary on Guns, and I'm joined by uh, Jordan and uh, Kelsey from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. We were talking about uh, ammo and uh, suppressors, uh, and I got a message here from Ken. Is the 454 so becoming more available? I had some. I don't know if we still do or not. Um, I had five or six boxes come in maybe a week ago. I don't know. We open at 10. Call. I'll let you know. <laughs> I can't remember. I think there's still some there, but I cannot remember. All right. Uh, so we were talking about suppressors and uh, the... The, um, the trust stuff. The trust stuff, yes. So it used to be with a trust. Say you've got three people on a trust um, and you want to buy a suppressor as a trust. You basically have one person go in and act as the proxy they fill out the form four in the trust name you list your responsible persons and the person that is there gets fingerprinted and photographed um and then everybody on the trust has access to that item right right so now they changed this a year or two ago something like that um where everybody on the trust has to fill out a responsible person sheet with fingerprints and photographs on top of still filling out the form for as a trust. So it added to the paperwork load excessively, um, which for most people isn't that big of a deal. But if you've got five or six people on your trust, holy crap, that's a lot of paperwork because the form four is still filled out in triplicate 
and each RP sheet is filled out in duplicate. Is there any type of trust that works more efficiently? No. No. To them, a trust is a trust is a trust. All right. So uh, my bride wants a suppressor. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she fills out the form and eventually... (laughs) Gets it. Giggling. Why? Why? why, you, why? Mi- you misunderstood. She wants you to be quiet. <laughs> oh, that was the, that's what that was. Sorry. Right. Okay. Cheap We're shot sorry of the day. to lose Jordan for the rest of the show, but but he was you know he did contribute. Yeah. Uh, well, what about me now? If if I want to uh, shoot that firearm or carry that suppressor, she I've got to be with you. She has to be with me, yes. or I have to uh, fill out a, a form, and then is that form going to keep me from using? Her suppressor? Do I have to buy my own suppressor? What are the rules? So basically, as long as the person who is registered to that item is in possession of the item, other people can be around and use it and stuff like that. However, you cannot take it to the range by yourself. So I have to be careful not to pick up her suppressor. Correct. Because I'll be in trouble, even though I have permission from the state. Because you're supposed to take that copy of that Form 4 that they send back to you with that suppressor everywhere you go how outrageous i mean really it is well and then so what we figured out um say i have a suppressor it is in my name done as an individual i die right yeah i can put in my will or in writing really anywhere it doesn't even have to be super official i guess that i want my husband to get that suppressor when i die so say i die he fills out what's called the form five which is a non-tax transfer He gets to retain the item because it was specifically stated in my will that I wanted him to get it. And that Form 5 only takes about 30 days to process. If I've already uh, got a permit, uh, I've already paid my tax stamp and I got it, the next time I want to buy a suppressor, do I have to go through this all over again? Yep. So say you want to come buy two from me today, right? Mm -hmm. You're filling out two Form 4s. You're getting four four fingerprint cards done, you're getting four photographs done, and you're paying two tax stamps. Now, we can send it all in the same envelope. <laughs> That's the only... So you the save only, 59 cents right yeah. there, sir. <laughs> That's the only really <laughs> upgraded thing. Um, no, it is it is a non-transferable tax, essentially. So you have to do it for every single item. All right, let me try one more, one more version. We'll see if we can get Kelsey to screw up on something <laughs> here. Uh, my wife and I decide we want to buy one suppressor. Mm-hmm. Can we both be on that suppressor? On a trust, yes. Only on a trust. Correct. Boy, oh boy, they sure do make it. <laughs> I mean, and for no reason. It doesn't. It, it doesn't serve any purpose. Well, and I'll say this: I would much rather. I will do ten individual transfers before I'd want to do a trust again. That was a absolute nightmare as the person filling out the paperwork other than the personal information because we have to do all of the transfer information and stuff like that all right so god it was a lot so if i really want to make you crazy then i should go into powderhorn guns and archery (laughs) and tell you i want to fill out the trust form correct now if you i will absolutely sell you suppressors on a trust just keep in mind it will take me a lot longer than 20 minutes to get the paperwork done that is just and then you have to have the problem is the RP sheets have to be signed by the individual and all that stuff. So I had a father son duo do one on a trust and the son was actually out of the country when they wanted to start the paperwork and we had to wait for him to come home. There was no there's no getting around it. 
Can you add people to a trust later? I think so. I don't know in the eight, in the ATF's eyes. I do not know the answer to that. Of course, you can add people to a trust, but I'm going to guess that you can't just do it afterwards. I'm going to guess they've closed that ability because right. the whole reason they tightened the rules was the whole, hey, let's send Jerry in and then 30 of us will be on this trust and Jerry will get permission and then all of us get to use it uh, without ever having to go through any type of background or more right. importantly, pay my $200 and uh, they, they, they close that down pretty pretty quick. Boy, and when you think about that $200 tax stamp, when that when that legislation was passed and that rule came into effect, that $200 was... That's a lot of money. Then. Thousands of dollars. I think it today. was originally like a hundred dollar tax or a hundred and fifty. Yeah. They've upped it once in the since nineteen thirty four. They've upped it once, and they're talking about upping it again. Shh, everybody, be quiet. Well, oh no, no way. <laughs> we don't want it's, them to get any ideas. It's already now, in then now's the time to fire. You know, to, to pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah. No, they just make you wait a year, and that turns a lot of people off. Yep. That is just incredible. Uh, yeah, if, if they're thinking of raising it, thank God they didn't index it to inflation. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, if the desired effect was to keep people from getting them, uh, inflation has been our enemy. It's, it's maybe the one of the few places where I think it was good, you know, the, yeah. uh, because uh, it, it, it's uh, with all the cash that's floating around today, it becomes affordable. Um. Not happily affordable, but uh, at least affordable. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Uh, all right. Uh, we've got uh, some other things here that I want to cover before we run out of our. Uh, there's a, a group that recently published a study that tries to claim that red states are more violent than blue states. Uh, Democrats, of course, are thrilled that this study has come out. But there are some problems with the study that well, are questionable. Uh, for the last two years, the nation has been awash in news accounts about soaring violent crime and murder in cities and states run by Democrats. That narrative is ubiquitous, particularly in conservative media where Democrat mayors are routinely called out and excoriated for turning a blind eye to crime. The story is half right and half, uh, to be charitable, lazy and wrong, uh, writes uh, the folks at Bearing Arms. So uh, we're going to kind of take a look at this and and see just exactly what about it is right or wrong. Uh, but you, what you do often see with these kinds of studies is uh, correlation, uh, but not causation. Uh, and I think uh, the case can be made that this is just really nonsense. Anyway, we'll get to that in uh, in a few minutes. You are listening to Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is Gary on Guns, uh, Powderhorn Guns and Archery on board. Jordan and Kelsey in studio with us. And there is a uh, a study out there that, that is implying that violent crime, murders, are really a problem in red states, not blue states. Um, there's a, a, a couple of problems with this. First is the barometer they used. Uh, they looked at states where Trump won a variety or run won a majority of votes. That doesn't necessarily make it a red or blue state. Uh, there are a lot of people who weren't Republicans uh, that voted for Trump. Huge numbers, in fact. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily mean that 
you know, these are red states. These are Republican-dominated states. Uh, the most uh, on the list of uh, most violent cities, uh, a list uh, compiled by uh, Every Town for Gun Safety, an anti-gun group, uh, found that more cities in blue states top the list than Trump states. So there is some conflicting information coming out of this, and that Jordan is because they're looking at correlation instead of causation. Uh, and and I think when you get right down to it, you start looking at. Uh, prosecutors, uh, most of them, uh, by the way, seem to be supported by George Soros, uh, at least the ones that are not wanting to lock up criminals. Uh, you know, that that makes it problematic in major cities. Uh, and, and we're, you know, we're talking about violence and in, in, uh, in crime rates. Uh, if you don't take the bad guys off the street... You just turn around and send them back out there. Well, they're going to do what they do, huh? Yes. So <laughs> we, we go right back to the statistics will say anything you want it to. Yeah. If you're a good writer, you can make a set of statistics, say whatever you need them to say. And because of some state voting for a president makes it so that people are or are not going to shoot each other over drugs or lover spats or anything. Well, how, how do you tie that together? You'd have to be a lot smarter than me to tie all that together. Most of the country saw an increase in homicides, regardless of the presidential vote. Two states made both lists, California and Texas. Uh, they have diametrically opposed gun laws, but gun homicides spiked in Lubbock in 2020, just like they did in Fresno and Vallejo, California. And they plunged in El Paso, as well as Long Beach, California. You simply can't read too much into one year's crime statistics. Um, 2019 and 2020 are the only years that uh, this group considered. So there are all kinds of things that play into this. Kelsey, it's not just it's a red state or it's a blue state. Uh, and it, and they don't want to know. They well, don't want to look into it. And you have to look at it. You can't almost even look at it as state to state. It's county by county. Yeah. Because there's several states, Texas included, that are primarily red. But if you look at county maps, the entire border, Austin, San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, those are all blue, heavily blue. But they're also highly populated. They're more urban areas. Yeah. Which is true of St. Louis, Kansas City, Springfield, Columbia. Yeah. So, I mean, it. you can't base it off of a single presidential election cycle. Like, that... It, it's not even possible um and it's almost even saying county by county is difficult because boone county with the exception of columbia is fairly quiet when you look at stuff like that john lott did a study uh crimeresearch.org a few years ago and it turns out that most of the gun violence uh is in uh, I think it was like uh, just like four or five percent of the entire country, and usually within a couple of blocks in each area. Right. Uh, it's not like an entire city. It's just a certain couple of blocks uh, in some of the most violent cities, and those are the cities where they generally have the most gun control, uh, the least uh, amount of people who are able to legally uh, defend themselves with a firearm. And uh, over the course of the last several years, uh, they're also dominated by these uh, Soros-supported prosecutors. 
Uh, we see this in uh, in St. Louis, uh, where this prosecutor is, you know, she, Garner is is she, she's ruled out. She actually, she actually has a list of police officers or, or investigators uh, whose word she won't take. And it's just it's outrageous, um, and I don't understand why Soros is backing prosecutors that won't prosecute. In L.A., another Soros-backed uh, prosecutor uh, is facing a recall. It seems to me, Jordan, that's their job is to prosecute. Yeah, we've made it too political and too ambitious for these people to be able to create a name for themselves. How often, I mean, 15 years ago, can you tell me who the lead prosecutor in St. Louis was? No, but now these people can create these huge names for themselves so they can go on to do big things. They get to be on the national stage. They get to do this. Now, some of them truly believe it in their heart. But, boy, you start to get a, a piece of this uh, notoriety, and they just roll with it. But, yeah, not being able to – not doing what they need to do. And they will always have an excuse for why it is wrong to send this person to jail or to trust this police officer. There's always excuses. We're full of excuses. But uh, you just keep putting them right back on the street. No consequences. And I bet one out of every hundred times you do that, you might a guy might go, you know what? They, this is my this is my calling now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna be a better person. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop slinging drugs right now. But almost 99 percent are still gonna go right back out there and just keep doing it. And there's no consequences. It just—it's so much easier when it's just oh, well, you go to jail for one night, they kick you out the next day, drop all charges, and go right back to doing what you're doing, and then wonder—and then they need more uh, common sense gun laws. Yeah, more common sense <laughs> gun laws. Here's some common sense for you. Yeah, they—you know—they they move them forward, and then uh, it gets more deadly, and then they say, well, it's because we didn't go far enough. Yep. Uh, and then they want more. David Chipman in the news uh, talking about uh, quote unquote ghost guns. What is the we we generally call them just eighty percenters, yep. uh, but now with the advent of uh, of three D printing, I guess that may not exactly fit the yep. description for all of them. But he said that uh, a ghost gun is a gun that manu is manufactured absent that marked part. Uh, this is his quote, and really the only reason to manufacture a gun that way is if you're someone who wants to avoid a background check such as a criminal or uh, a, a, an extremist. There's no reason to do this. It's not fun <laughs> to make a frame or receiver. You know, I'll bet it is fun. I'll bet there are hobbyists out there yeah. who enjoy the intricate work and actually have a good time doing it. Everybody I've met with an 80 percenter just did it for giggles. Like, they could. They could. They're yeah. tinkers. They're yeah. people that can't leave stuff alone anyways. So why not, quote unquote, make your own? People yeah. make guns in prison. We've talked about that before. It's not. It, you, yeah. You're not going to get away from it. <laughs> no, you're not. And with the advent of uh, the software programs and 3D printers, it's virtually impossible to stop it from happening now. But I think there are hobbyists out there who, like you said, are doing it for grins and giggles just to see if they can, just because they enjoy working on, on those kinds of things. Yep. Uh, there are people out there who make their own furniture. Uh, there are people out there who do all kinds of things just because they can. Make their own alcohol. Make their own what? Alcohol. Alcohol. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's... <laughs> but, yeah, yeah uh, it's, just, it's just silly to argue that it's not fun. Uh, I'm sure it is, and I'm sure a lot of people do it just because it is. 
If you are interested in uh, uh, any of the firearms that we talked about today, head over to Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Jordan and Kelsey, thank you for being with us. Thank, thank you, sir. All right. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Grandbaby. Howdy, I'm coming home.